0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network well hello and good evening and welcome to the talk and cop channel we're here for a little full match reaction it's finished 4 1 at Anfield to Liverpool. We've absolutely battered Chelsea, and Kev seems to have a bee in his bonnet. Kev, what's the matter,
1: buddy? Nothing, nothing. Just <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I think Conor Bradley got mad at the match, like, and at the end of the day, he played 68 minutes. He couldn't even do 90. You know, he's up and down the wing. He got a goal, he got a couple of assists. He's doing his job, like, you know, it's, just, it's his job. Oops. No, you don't know. You, you shouldn't need praise to be getting your job, like to be doing your job. It's, it's, it's fucking outstanding, isn't it? Oh, it's <laughs> so good. You did well. I, I,
0: so I, I'm impressed you lasted that long. That's very impressed. Yeah, that's extremely good. I mean, Chris, I, I, happy days. I mean, that is uh, that's a hell of a performance that we just watched there from the Reds, isn't it?
2: That's the best home performance of the season. I mean, that's our biggest win against Chelsea since. 96 and as as Kev points out, Chelsea back then were bang average, you know. And to be honest, this Chelsea side have actually been really good against the big the bigger sides. It actually suits them. And um, so listen, look, we made them look distinctly average. You know, the pressing was really good, the passing was excellent, scored four could easily have been six or seven. And um, everyone played really well, you know, all around just makes it easier and What's really good is just imagine roles reverse This was us coming in after beating Burnley 3-1. we go, got, oh, City getting on against Chelsea. Oh, fuck. All those chasing, we just looking like, oh, bollocks. You know, it's A, a win, but B, it's a dominant win against a good side. Listen, this makes you bounce into the Arsenal game. And also, Arsenal look at it go, shit. So, this is made up. Absolutely made up.
0: Yeah. It's uh Thor the polyglot here is obviously picked up on what Kev was going for there. Whether it's Kev Sullivan or Roy Keane, just do your job, just do your job. And I mean Kev, in all seriousness, yeah. That is that is a job well done. I I wrote down at halftime just, you know, you get your 15 minutes to collect your thoughts and it was an outstanding first half with the tiny asterisks of Darwin Núñez not being able to uh put that penalty into the back of the net, but to if, a man,
1: to a man, they were brilliant. Um, at the end of the day, the lineups came out, and I looked at their lineup, and I looked at ours, and I thought, okay, he's going with Bradley. He didn't change it. Is it? I thought this is going to be a test. Raheem Sterling on the wing is no joke, you know, and he can cause it. He'll cause he causes players problems. And you've been so well, England left back, so it'll be they'll be looking to attack down down that side and what have you oh my days i mean that was outstanding. i mean it's not often like you'd be lost for words or stumped for words that was that was sheer work that was a world class performance from connor bradley it was a world class performance and th- if that was an established right back who put in a shift like that who you'd gone and signed for 50 million quid in the January transfer window, and you're seeing him for the first time, you would be blown away by that. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I knew he was going to be good. Look, I, I've said it for a long time. He's going to be good. I didn't think he's going to be this special. I, honestly, he is a special, special talent. Um so much he's he's putting himself in that role now of he's turned around, he's basically turned around to Jurgen Klopp and said, Go ahead and drop me if you like, but you're not dropping me for performance, you're rotating me. You're not dropping me. I <coughs> mean lots of words. I made up for him because it was funny enough. Um, someone liked a tweet that I put out tonight, uh, back in July. Was, he must have been searching for something about Connor Bradley. But he came across something that I'd said back in July. And I said, at the time I said, he's he's older than Levi Caldwell, and people were willing to spend sixty million quid for him. You know, um, give him a chance, see how he goes. He, it was just after he signed his extended his new contract. And I no I don't nobody. There isn't a single soul out there saw this coming. Nobody. But Probably absolutely made up for him. I'm so made up for him. He was – and he wasn't the only one. There were some outstanding performances all over that pitch. And when you look at – you know, I, I come on here all the time and I look at the stats. And I, what shocked me about the stats tonight, right, and you can tell a lot from it, was the possession stats. It was actually ball possession for stats tonight was 51-49. It was actually 51 to the the Reds, 49 to Chelsea. But we limited Chelsea to four shots. Three of them were on target, but four shots. They had half the ball. That is a monster defensive performance by us from the front, led from the front. And Chris, you were talking about it there. The um, the pressing, the organised chaos. From on the press, from the front, was unbelievable. I mean, I I got to shut up because I could wax on about it for ages, but I am so blown away by that performance. I knew they had it in them, but when you see it first, when you see it straight up in front of you like that, I can't wait to watch that game back. Knowing the result, I can sit down and just watch it and enjoy it. You know, whereas whenever you're watching the game, you're watching your tents. You know, what if anything could happen? A referee mistake, fucking, you know, to get one back, what if they get two? And I think I'm I'm really looking forward to watching this one back again. And because I'm like I said, blown away. Blown away by that. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I mean, Chris, the, the lineup was pretty straightforward. Like I said into the telegram group when the lineup dropped that the Sabasai McAllister Jones, that's our first choice midfield. I think okay. that's your cup final starting midfield right there. Yeah, and uh, surprising to hear that it's only the second time that a front three of Diaz, Jada and Darwin Nunes have started together, considering that we have been kind of chopping and changing our forwards a fair little bit, but I strong, you, you can't make any arguments against playing Gomez and playing Bradley and taking an extra game, an extra week, whatever it takes with the two fullbacks coming back from injury. And then for them to go out and play like that, like, Sky, sky's the limit for this team. We look in great nick.
2: Yeah, we do. Uh, I mean, I'm just blown away by how, how good that performance is. But I think for Liverpool and for cl- culturally, as a team culture, that says a lot. Because you you're basically saying to Bradley and Gomez, and know the two main full-backs are back. Well, 100%. So you still keep your place. You know, it's your shirt to lose. And that's all you've got to ask for people who step in is make yourself on drop on make it be an issue where you're like where we're all sitting there going oh it's start bradley against arsenal you know sorry Trent, you have to wait you know and you wouldn't have said that six weeks ago because you're just like going you want Trent back for this running and now you're looking going this but it's a lovely problem to have you know which one which one do you pick and whichever one you pick is brilliant so yeah, but listen, Liverpool were ridiculous. I think they had 28 shots tonight. I think he said about 13 on target. You know, the only thing that would have capped it off would have been if Darwin had got took one of his chances. Um the penalty obviously is the out, is the outstanding elephant in the room for Darwin, but the other ones would have hit the post, you know, two of them are good saves. I mean, to be fair to Chelsea's keeper, I thought Chelsea's keeper played quite well. He's the reason it was only four. Because he made some good he made some good saves. I thought Jota was excellent, pressed in the front, won the penalty, which is generally a pest. Um, and McAllister says he's come back just look different level at that six roll he's nipping it where he wants to be, he's pressing high it's a very, very high press they do and we do sometimes leave ourselves 2v2 because they trust, they trust the team to cover it and yeah and I think I'd message Kev even before he scored saying, Luis Diaz has been quietly excellent today and he's been quietly excellent for, for a couple of weeks mm. uh, and in fact Joe Cole was, sh- was just getting really pissed off and he fancied Chelsea before the game, it's that's also just quite funny, yeah. And weirdly, yeah. Paul Tierney was surprisingly all right. I,
0: I I've know. got a, I've got a big, big star beside a certain segment of the game in which I would like to talk about <coughs> Mr. Tierney and the PGMOL, which is uh,
2: unusual for Paul Tierney. I mean, it's, probably, it's probably a one-off. I mean, he'll be back to being be a villain next time we see him. But you know. uh,
0: and certainly, but you you take the sunny days when take, they take come. It, take it when
2: it comes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Made up, I mean, Kev, yeah, we came. Flying out of the blocks, like flying out of the box in the first eight minutes. uh, Darwin Nunes has two chances. One, a great chip pass from Connor Bradley. A foreshadowing of what was about to happen. The second one was McAllister feeding it in through him that wins our first corner. Moises Caicedo takes a yellow card on 11 minutes. I mean, it was just, it was one after another at 13 minutes, I noted that was the first time that Chelsea had any amount of sustained possession where they were able to set up from the back and kind of move the ball around and everything like that. Canate with a gorgeous ball over the top for Darwin. Uh, That's the first save that Petrovic makes low into his left. Uh, Great long reach on him there. And it brings us to the first goal. I mean, it's the, it's going to be a Connor Bradley appreciation show tonight. Again, much like the last game against Norwich, nips in front of his man, wins the ball, starts off on the counter, and gives the ball to the man who just scores goals. hey you said you had forgotten about this when you just came onto the feed yeah. and it took about half a second of reminding you that it was the most Luis Suarez Very type so. finish you could ever want. And yeah. I mean I, no,
1: it was I mean, you go back a bit. I mean, the goal you you take it was you take your look when it comes, because it was deserved look for the sustained pressure that we built in the first 20 minutes. And, you know, he had quick feet to try to manoeuvre in between the space that the two centre-backs left him. The ball bounced up. My only initial fear was if there's any touch off any part of his arm, accidental or not, yeah. this is getting chopped off. But the hand, there was a hand from a Chelsea player. It literally bounced straight off his chest and down. And... He finished it brilliantly and it was
0: um Good just well, reward so
1: yeah I think because they had to be right you know they had to be sure and because there was a hand in there so I I, I don't care how long a decision takes as long as they get it right <laughs> and there was a, a decision earlier that could have been made and yeah. you know we'll come back to that when we talk about the referees but it was just reward to be one 0 up for the sustained pressure. And I love the press because it was completely organized. He knew he knew exactly how Pochettino was going to set up to try to play that play out from the back. So he played with two literally on the on the edge of the box, three straight in behind those those two. And then everyone else squeezing the space behind that. And he basically just said to Chelsea, Go ahead, I dare you. Play it out from the back. And we won it more often than not just by daring them to play. Because they just, they're just not, they didn't have, the, they don't have the confidence to be able to pass out of that press. That was brilliant. The next side of it was when Chelsea decided, okay, well, this isn't working. Let's go long. The first time they went long was straight into Joe Gomez. And he's like, thank you very much. Not down to Curtis Jones. And we launched an attack from there. Yeah. So if you're Chelsea, you're screwed. You can't <laughs> play from the back. You can't go long. It's going to be a long night for you. You know, and by the way, we're dominating you. Yeah? We're creating chances left, right, and center. We've hit the post, the crossbar already, and now we're one nil up. And you, there's nothing you can do about it. You know, you can go and spend however billions you want, as Phil would say. It's like it doesn't matter what you do. You're not good enough, yeah. and you're not organized enough, and you don't have the confidence that we do. And we were relentless in that first half. That first half was as good as anything I've seen in any in a Klopp era, bar none. Yeah, that was to, that was near total dominance of a side that has spent an absolute fortune with a guy that myself included and a lot of other people were touting as a potential Klopp replacement a few years ago. Mm. You know, yeah. they have no excuses. They were absolutely bullied. And I love, I love that we were we bullied the living daylights out of them, and there was nothing they could do about it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely uh, nothing. I I love this little interlude. We're gonna have for some useless stats. Uh, first one from Rory Fitzgerald, one of our members. Uh, also, if you're not a member of the, of the channel, I highly recommend it. It's four euros a month. You get. An unbelievable amount and assortment of shows with the second episode of The Greatest coming up tomorrow night, which I cannot wait for. I just finally caught up to the first episode of it today, listening on a podcast download. And that is going to be a juicy show discussing uh, the greatest sports person of all time. Rory Fitzgerald says, useless stat of the day. Liverpool have won 51 points from 22 league games. United and Everton have 50 points combined, having played 43 games between them. Useless, yes, but we all do like it. Smile on your
1: face that. Yeah, you know, it's a smile and, on your face
0: that where was that other one? Ah, from Scouser Pete, just to double down on it. Someone's just posted a tweet saying no Man United player has registered more assists than Connor Bradley's three in the Premier League this season, and the youngster has made two appearances. He also has the same number of assists as Trent, actually. So it's
2: that like that, five. Five in his last four, isn't it? It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, he's got I got his stats up here on LFC history. He's made 14 total appearances. He has one goal and six assists. So, that's pretty good. Uh 50% of your appearances and some of those are substitute appearances uh and in a goal involvement. Before I come to you for the second goal, Chris, I'm going to run through a a part that I never thought I would get to. I'm sure it's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paul Tierney had a fantastic game today. He had a fantastic game today. I'm sure if you tuned into a Chelsea reaction show, they would be screaming bloody murder over the two penalties that they didn't get. I mean, do we want to just take them as a group right now? Did anybody think that there was a clear and obvious error on either of those penalties,
2: Chris? Uh, first one live, I didn't think it was a penalty. When I saw the replay, I thought ah, it's one of those ones where if it's given, they're not going over to overset it. The, the second one, I must admit, when I first saw it, when I saw it live, I thought, "Oh, that looks more like it." And you see the reaction when it does kick his foot, so I think. The second one is more of those one of the ones where if the ref gives it, VAR is never overturned. At the first one, I, I don't think it's a penalty. I think it's soft. You know, he just runs into runs into his leg and clips him. So I think at worst, maybe one of them if he looks in. But other than that, no, but it wouldn't, it, to be honest, I don't think it will matter because I just think Liverpool have gone up another level. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: um, so, but it, listen, the good thing about the first one will be is because I think that was at nil-nil. So, you know, I think Liverpool had a, a little bit of a raggedy spell. Just after we made four subs, which happens when you make four subs, you, you know, you can lose your way for a little bit. So they had that little flurry, Chelsea. Outside of that, Chelsea didn't really. were very, very passive and not really involved. If you're a Chelsea fan, I would be questioning some of those senior players, you know, and some of those expensive players that you bought because Sterling froze in the night. You know, Caicedo <laughs> didn't want to know. Uh, Endo has just disappeared, you know, just generally just not great. You sort of look and go, this is a lot of money, a lot of quality you bought. And they're just like not interested when it, got, when it got difficult. You know, the Chelsea of old would have at least made that shut up shop and at least made that horrible and tried to keep themselves in the game. They never knew how to keep themselves in the game. The only bit of quality they had was in cuckoo when he came on. And Mudrick is the biggest waste of money I've ever seen. Oh,
0: Absolutely. there's there's a peroxided uh, Brazilian at Manchester United that might have. For Chelsea, have a, for, yeah. che- for Chelsea, oh, I me, mean.
2: wow. yeah, yeah, for Chelsea. The money they spent on him, I, I just don't see it. He's a fast lad, and he's got no end product. He's yeah. awful.
0: Kev, the uh, the penalties for you. Uh,
1: um, if you listen to the commentary that we were listening to, the, Ali McCoist was um, seething, to put it mildly, on the second one. But then he was seizing at the first one as well. So the first one, I thought, nah, it was soft. It was, you know, at the end of the day, football is a contact sport. You're going to get contact. Not all contact is a foul. Uh, the second one, you could have more of an argument over. But I think what annoyed me about McCoist was the fact that they're bitching and moaning for ages about how when they slow it down, it looks worse, and they shouldn't slow it down. You need to see it in real time and real speed. Well, all they did was show him slow-mo replays. And on the slow-mo replay, yeah, Van Dijk touches his foot, touches Nkunku's foot. But then Nkunku looked like he'd been shot with a shotgun after that touch, and the ball was gone. So he thought, okay, I've got to go down and try to get something. If you looked at it in real time, it's just contact. The difference between that and the one that Jota got was the fact that your man stood on Jota's foot. Outside of the box, that has been given as a free kick all season long, up and down the league every time. If a player stands on your foot, it's given as a free kick and a foul. In the box, that's a penalty. That's not up for debate. That's not even a discussion worth having.
2: Robert McQuarrie makes a good point in the chat saying, uh, first pen, first oh. pen, no, second pen, probable. but Chelsea would dive in all game. And I also do think that is... A that's a good point. point. You know, they already had a player booked dive in. There was a couple of soft goings down, which, to be fair to Tierney, he was having none of that, really. He was like, no, I'm not having that. So I do wonder sometimes, that's in the back yeah. of, a, of a ref's head going, oh, he's well, been falling over all game. I'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure I'm buying it. And he's probably just saying, oh, if, it's an off, if it's ridiculous, viral, tell me. And yeah. none of them will... Like ridiculously outrageous nuns, no. you know. but so. the
1: other the other thing as I, I say as well, he lets normal contact go most of the game. Mm-hmm. Bits of you know, players pulling at each other and tugging at each other and going for the ball with honest attempts to try to win the ball and you don't get it. Yeah, it might be a foul and you might get a free kick. But more often than not, he was letting the game go. And the amount of times that Virgil won the ball back from behind with good tackles. Then Jota, Alexis Diaz pressing. Yeah, McAllister, oh. nicking in and just winning the ball. All contact, all, you know, oh. sharpening the elbows and getting in the space and making, making the Chelsea player make a mistake on the ball just by shoving him or anything. It didn't matter. But he was letting it go. So you have to play to that and you have to – Play your game according to how the referee is refereeing the game. If you have a finicky referee, there's certain tackles and challenges you just can't make. But tonight he just let the game let the game flow and oh no, I was happy with it. And but credit the, where it's the,
2: the yellows you gave were legit yellows, you know. Casado got Cassano got one for a petulance, throwing the ball yeah. floor away, and Ender gets one for a late a, a late tackle. And I kind of feel like killed Chelsea because they were just like, I can't make a tackle now or I can't make a missed time tackle, which is what you want your DM to do, which is what United at home did very well. They were very good at the fouls and breaking the game up and, you know, team cumulative fouls. Chelsea's midfield engine just got killed for doing that, which allowed us to take advantage and pass it around them because they literally couldn't touch us. Can we talk about Bradley now? Because he's brilliant.
0: Yeah. Uh, We got it. We got to give Tierney the rest of his credit. Uh, 32 (sighs) minutes. There's a yellow card for Enzo Fernandez that I feel encapsulates the whole game. It's a loose ball in the middle of the park. Looks like Enzo and Jones are both about the same distance away. We got there clearly first. He used his body and his strength extremely well. He held off a terrible lazy tackle from Enzo Fernandez. We get a free kick. And then a moment later, Ben Chilwell gets a yellow card for diving. And it was, I was so blown away by it because I think we were all a little apprehensive seeing Paul Tierney's name down on the sheet as refing this game of like, what is this knob going to do now? And So credit where credit's due, but yes, Chris, let us talk about Connor Bradley scoring his debut goal for the Reds. The roof came off of Anfield, it sounded like, on my broadcast.
2: Oh, yeah. Listen, first first of all, brilliant play by Diaz. The hold-up play and the pass and Newton is his run off the ball, which helps create space. He's really good. Um, That finish gave me vibes of Trent when he scored Leicester away. It felt like that sort of thing. It was such a clean hit. Keepers getting absolutely nowhere near it. I mean, what a way to make it. What a debut goal to get. And it just summed up a brilliant, brilliant performance. Um, it was just outrageously good. Uh, again, Valby, a bit looking at Jotter and the defender. They're trying to say Jotter and held back Chilwell. I think when they watched the replay, I think that it's the buff hold on each other. And Ch- even if it wasn't, Chilwell was getting nowhere near that. But uh, listen, it was great. Listen, he got took off early because he's getting rested for Arsenal and he got a standard ovation, you know. But his all round play, defensive work, attacking work, but the goal was brilliant. He, to be honest, he's been threatening that for the last couple of games. Last couple of games where me and Kevin have said, like Norwich and that, he's gone like, oh, just hit it. You know, you're in the right place, just, just hit it. And he took his opportunity. If you're mean, Chelsea team, you're wondering why there's such a big gap. But I do think a lot of that is done by the excellent work by. Louis Diaz, who I thought was really, really good. And I quite like he's given that free roll now to come in central. But I do think that suits him. And almost Jotter and Nunes goes a two. It just gives us a little bit of a different dimension, but the finish is outrageous.
0: Yeah. And shades of, uh, I think you said this before we went live, shades of Trent against Leicester Boxing Day yeah. in the title winning season of just having the presence of mind, having the confidence in yourself and knowing that, the guys behind you will keep it tight at the back and that you can risk making that big driving run and bang. I mean puts it puts it right into the back of the net. Anybody want a Corgi? <laughs> I <know> <laughs> the, as long as you cast on the room. It's fine. No, 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 the, no the nicest thing
1: about the finish was the the comp- the self awareness of where he was, but then he the touch to take it away from any potential mm-hmm. defender who was going to try to mm-hmm. cut across him to hit it back. You know, he just created that extra angle. It was a, it was a great finish, and it was look. It's something that I, I've often criticised Andy Robertson for on the other side. Is Robertson gets in those positions a lot, and we've said that Connor Bradley ah. the way he's the way he's playing is literally like a, a mirror of when we flipped the new the new system, where instead of the right back tucking into midfield. It's Joe Gomez, the left back tucking him into midfield, and the right back bombs on. We get our fullbacks into great positions to score goals, and you know that's the first of a, of a few that he's going to score in his time at Liverpool. Um, he was he took that really well, and he took it with a lot of composure, so absolutely made up for it.
0: And spare a thought for poor Joe Gomez, who is up to two hundred and some Liverpool appearances and oh. still hasn't scored. Oh, I know.
1: I noticed with Joe Gomez, and I thought, okay, every time that we have a corner, he's last man. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, he's good in the air. It's just unfortunate that he's probably he's, he's probably our quickest player. So yeah. the one part of his game where you say, yeah, you're going to be a threat in the opposition box with set pieces. Now he's the guy who's standing on the center circle just in case. It's going, a be a, it's go, it's it going to be it's going to no
2: it's going be an open play if he, if he scores one. Yeah. I can't see it in the happy.
1: It happened once in the second half where he, he was needed in that spot. No, it was in the second half. Might have been. Yeah, it was in the second half. Yeah. Where they almost got a breakthrough and Joe Gomez just swept up. So, yeah. I mean, but I'll say the one thing as well. But on Ben Shelwell's yellow card, their heads were going. That was the sign for me that their heads were gone, that they were fried. The, the Fernandez yellow card was pure frustration. Chilwell card was pure desperation, and that was on 35 minutes. And they just ran out, they had no idea how to deal with us. And it was just relentless, and it wasn't stopping, it was 2 0, and it didn't stop. It just kept coming and coming and coming.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, that's, why you wish the third had got that's why you wish the third had gone. That's why you wish the third had gone. I think it was three and a half time. I think that that score could have been anything because I generally think they'd have just capitulated that that was the that was only really mild frustration and ultimately nitpicking where you're going like these shouldn't be anywhere near this. Two no this, this game should be three four at half time it should be done. Yeah. You know. But listen, Liverpool actually I thought from the fifth minute to the seventieth minute completely dominant and Chelsea never really looked in it. Uh they had a five minute spell where they get the gold, they had the penalty shout and that's it. It's not often you're saying to Chelsea, we you're going like, yeah, pick a five minutes spell for Chelsea and that's it. You know, that's how much we dominated them and kept them out of the game. Yeah.
0: Uh, comment here from Mark Donigan. He says, hate not getting to watch you live more because I have to go to bed for early start in the morning, but boom, 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 mutter flipper. Keep up the good work, lads. Thank you very much, Mark. And uh, we appreciate that. Mark is a member, even though he doesn't get to listen live all the time, but yeah, please consider becoming a member. And if you don't, when you download the show afterwards, give a five-star rating on all your podcast reviews. And if you're in here watching live or catching up on YouTube, just make sure to hit the little thumbs up button so we get a pretty good gauge of how many people we got engaging in all this. And it's always nice to get a little positive feedback from it. Uh, and then just on the stroke of halftime, we get a penalty. And I mean, it's, I believe, Dezassie just steps directly on top of his foot. No, Batty Ashil. Batty Ashil steps directly on top of uh, Diogo Jota's foot it's a pretty nailed on penalty. I mean, it was so obvious that even Paul Tierney could see it pointed right to the penalty spot. They looked at it, but no, Jada was down hurt for a little bit, but thankfully gets back up. McAllister holds the ball to protect the spot and then hands it off to my fantasy premier league captain Darwin Nunez. And I mean, Kev, I've never been less confident in a penalty. I, I I I, I, I know he's got a great record and I love the guy and I'm desperate for him to score, but it was just feeling like one of those nights because up until this point, I have nothing but positive notes about Darwin Nunez's play in the game. Yeah. Like I thought he was just an absolute terror to those Chelsea defenders, both of whom are unbelievably slow. And so is Dezassie to play as a fullback. I mean, we should have had a field day today. We did have a field day today. And the only thing that was missing was Darwin Nunez scoring a goal.
1: Yeah, it yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate, but I I had confidence. I didn't realize that he going into this game, he had a perfect re- record of pen- and penalties in his pro career. You know, he hadn't missed one. But at the same time, we've got other penalty takers that were in, on the on the pitch. Dominic Sabozlai and Sanchez, sorry, Alexis McAllister have both taken them, uh, and they're both put really really good. But look, he stood up he hit it as clean as a whistle and it pinged off the post when you're hitting the ball at that pace you don't need to be hitting the side netting you just you know you just make sure you hit the target if you're hitting it that hard just hit the target it was a clean strike it just pinged off the pinged off the post and he did everything in that game today he did everything bar score his hold up play was outstanding he ran it he was making runs in behind he terrorized that Chelsea back line dropped short, worked his nuts off to win, win the win possession back. It's unfortunate for him that he'll be talked about as um, missing a penalty and miss, you know, hitting the post four times. But he'll play worse than that and score a hat trick. Yeah. He will. He will play worse than that and score a hat trick in this season. I'm convinced of it. You know, he was he was up there for a matter of the match. Be honest, he was in. He's definitely in the discussion for it because, short of uh, the penalty miss, I don't think he did much wrong at all. Genuinely, I he, he was really, really good.
0: No, I mean, Chris actually, uh... one thing
1: he did do wrong, and Chris will come to it in the second start of the second half. Oh, oh,
2: okay, okay, oh, give me the fun joke. Oh, thanks a lot. Uh,
1: no, well, you're I the mean... one who said it to me, so yeah,
2: it's Literally. true.
0: So just moments after uh, the dust settles on Darwin's penalty miss, I do have it noted here, as it needs to be mentioned, it is the only negative I had in the whole game, nitpicking negative about Connor Bradley. Chelsea's playing the ball out of the midfield to the left, and it's slightly under hit, and he just gets caught between two minds over whether he's going to come and whether he's going to go. Him and Sly have a little bit of a wire situation, and then he immediately races back, gets back, we fend it off it's absolutely no problem and that brings us to the end of the half and i mean these are those are the great half times chris I, i'm sitting there i oh, just yeah. have i have excellent our midfield is absolutely dominating them and the name that i don't think has gotten enough mention just quite yet is alexis mcallister was everywhere in oh. just the, the, I, that's just the first half and he continued it for the second
2: half as well too perfect His number skin? 6 yeah perfect number 6 performance you know and that deep the the Cross as he can play from deep of Virgil, Virgil van Dyke esque You know, and to have that just a little bit higher at the pitch just gives you another dimension. It, it's, um, yeah, he was excellent. Um, it won't get talked about as much because obviously, you know, Bradley does so well get, gets man on the match and Darwin was involved in, in everything. But, you know, there's a lot of performances. You know, Curtis Jones was, was quietly excellent as was Luis Diaz. You know, Jota was a, a pest when it you know just in general chelsea didn't want anything to do with him um i'd forgotten how slow chelsea centre-backs are yeah. my lord glacially uh, slow. yeah now listen Thiago silvers a year younger than me so and he's played professional football so i don't expect him to be quick but to be honest he's more sprightly than the, the lads he uh because there was the other lads even and honestly god i've seen milk turn quicker ridiculous uh but listen yeah, look, Kevin's up, up in the second half. The only nitpick I have about Darwin, set, other than his penalty miss, which, look, happened, You happened. Know, we've seen most penalties, his penalties. It's just a little thing he's got to get out of his game, which is you're 2-0 up. The ref blows a free kick and you boot the ball away. Stupid, cheaply, yellow. And he's getting accumulation of, if you look at Muxley's yellows, they are for dickhead things like just kicking the ball away. And we know how pernickety the refs are. Don't give them opportunities. What will annoy us is... He gets 10 yellow cards, has a two game ban, and most of for kicking the ball. Away. And there could be two games where we really need him.
0: Mm.
2: That's the only time we were done. He's like, just switch your head on a little bit. You know, you don't need to get involved in that nonsense. Uh other than that, you know, Chelsea was scared to death of him. Yeah. They brought, Gu- they brought Gusto on, thinking he would do something. No, did absolutely nothing. Tried to outpace him. That didn't work either. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I, I look. It, it's a. I. I didn't know if it was for kicking the ball away or for stopping a quick free kick. If it was for stopping a, free, a quick free kick, fine, no problem with that. But if it was for kicking the ball away, nah, it's a bit silly. But other than that, man, I just, he was outstanding. He, he was absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Loved his performance. I want to see more of it. I want to see that performance for the rest of the season, because he'll he'll double his goal his goal tally for the season for what he has done. He'll double.
0: Yeah. It. Well, Tarek has asked me a question. He says, we are meeting them in the League Cup final in a few weeks. How do you all think it's going to go? And I answered him in the chat, but I will voice it for you here now. To quote Mr. T from Rocky Three, pain. Because if we play anything like we played tonight, and keep in mind, we are missing our two most important creative players from the start. One completely, and Salah and Trent not playing. Okay. We've, got, we've got players to bring back in to make us better, and... It's the thing about it that I took the best feeling from was we were rampant all over them like bees in the first half. And I got to halftime and it wasn't when, when you see us pull teams around and you watch them defending, and you just go like against Newcastle, you just go come 70, 75 minutes. They're going to be gassed. We did not look gassed all night. We pressed like lunatics for the full 90 minutes and we made a full raft of substitutions. We brought fresh legs on, and then you saw those substitutes that came on being the ones that are doing all the chasing and airing. Harvey Elliott running around. You know, looks like a headless chicken, but he's doing the same thing that Jones was doing in the first half and Sopasla was doing in the first half. Uh, it's a bit, a bit harsh that uh, you're mad at Darwin. I mean, again, it was another. I won't say I'm, I am mad say like, mad.
2: I'll just say like it's just a, it's just an annoyance. It's a little annoying. thing. And just get just knocked out of your game. It would
0: be better and if his silly yellow cards were for taking his shirt off after scoring
2: goals. Yeah, like Mo like Salah does.
0: Be, like, yeah, that, yeah, like Mo gets his buckets
2: for. I'm sound with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, obviously, Pochettino uh, was not a big fan of what he saw in the first half. He makes a fairly rare triple halftime substitution in bringing uh, Malogusto, Nkunku, and Mudrick on for Chilwell, Medweke and Gallagher. Uh, really poor games from the three Chelsea players that went out, and there is not a lot of substitutions when their number goes up that it strikes less fear in your heart than when you see modric being called on for chelsea and he had a chance 5 minutes in skied it well 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 over the bar
2: it's a it's a bad miss on it it's a bad mess, it? it's a, it's a bad yeah. Miss, yeah
1: and it, it's a, look they get it back to 2-1 there's a long way to go in that half it's a different game yeah You
2: know,
1: this is a, that's um, something sort
2: of that's something sort of you'll be ready for the cup final because yeah. It's great we beat these four one and absolutely trounced them, but I can't see the cup final being like that. Cup final's never are to be fair. It's very No, heavy. Cup
1: finals are always tight. unless it,
2: unless it's Man City playing Watford. It's very <laughs> they're like that. So, you know, listen, I'm quite happy if we just do this again to them in Wembley. That'd be great. Yeah.
0: I mean, we uh we come through uh like you said, Kev, a the third goal is always important. I know Ava was saying in our telegram chat that two nothing is a terrible lead to have at halftime or a terrible scoreline at halftime of like, it's a lot better than losing by two goals. You know, halftime at via real and the champions league wouldn't have been nearly as fun as this halftime would have been when there's a four goal swing like that. But the third goal comes and it comes via Connor Bradley again. I mean, Kev, it's a, it's a recurring theme for this game, but Virgil plays an incredible switch. And it's something that when Salah first was out of the team that I'm pretty sure it was you on one of our post-game shows noting that he wasn't quite as free with opening his body up and spraying that big from left-center half out to where Mo Salah would be cross-field ball. And he did that here. And Connor Bradley takes a look at Benoit batty and just says goodbye. And (laughs) two touches, he's right past him. An unbelievable cross. And Dominic Sabasai, welcome back to the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, it's nice to have your... Your centre mid making that run into the box because he's a big unit, he's a strapping lad, you know. And um, it was a really good goal, really well worked. But it was one that if you're if that goal scored against you, you live it. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you you can't be beaten that easily. But Bradley just breezed past him, and it was just a brilliant cross and a well taken header and that was a collective relax enjoy the rest of the game mm-hmm. you know okay. it was um oh, ex- oh. again it was it was exactly what the performance merited plus it was on 65 minutes they'd made they literally made their changes they'd showed their hand and they didn't have much else that they could do so at 3-0 you're thinking okay that's it relax now and happy days. But Sabozlai, when he was playing in Germany, used to do, he used to play a lot on the left wing and right wing. And he wouldn't be that one who would drift in from those positions and score those type of goals quite a bit. The fact that he's still a, he's able to do that and has the confidence to do that from the number eight position is great for us. Curtis scored in the last game, making that run around the back of the, the back. To make the extra man into the box, having the ability to do that on the right hand side, brilliant. Love it.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, Jerry Tan here, he's saying, Heard Sabasai compared to Michael Ballack. I can see it more and
1: more. Uh, yeah. Good and Sam, really, really good shout. that. That's a really good yeah. shout. Excellent. And
0: play. Sam, Sam Tandy genuinely first thought Nunez scored that header was a striker's goal with this movement from Sabasai. And I mean, yeah, it's the. The strength that we get from having legs in midfield and knowing that we've got the pace and energy to recover if we do lose the ball in attacking situations, coupled with Alexis McAllister settling into that six role so well and being everywhere tonight. And, you know, Kanate and Van Dyke probably aren't going to get a whole lot of mention because everybody else in the team was so good. But they're, again, another excellent performance from our center halves. And it just gives those attacking players the freedom to just Just go and attack the ball. And they make their change. Uh, Another change shortly after. Chukwemecha comes on for uh, the 115 million pound man himself, Moises Caicedo, who I believe picked up a yellow card. And that's about it. Uh, Shortly followed by a raft of Liverpool substitutions, Gakpo, Elliott, Robertson, and Trent come on for Jada, Gomez, Bradley, and Saboslay. And then they score, Chris.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's give... And cuckoo credit, it's a it's a lovely turn. And listen, it's a. Uh, Alice has got no chance. If you're nitpicking between karate and Van because they get a little bit tighter, maybe. But get the forwards, gotta get the forwards some credit. It's you know, nice footwork. And Listen, and cuckoo's a good player. You know, so took his goal really well. Not long after that, they have the penalty shout. You're thinking, oh, don't don't give that because 3 three twos a bit edgy then. And it'd be and it was. The only annoyance of the, the bigger noise of the night was like, well, hey, absolutely flatters these. It absolutely flatters them. So I was pleased what we got as a 4 1, because at least to put a bit more realism on the score. Because I actually thought, you know, Chelsea didn't deserve to win anything today. So, you know, not even a raffle. But yeah, good, good finish. Um I love mm-hmm. the fourth goal. And those two are starting to have a nice little link up. Yeah, it's,
0: they, I, they, they certainly are. I mean, I I think it was kind of telling that the two I'd say the about the only two Chelsea players. Ah, the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper and Chukweka and Kunku, two substitutions, were about the only players from Chelsea today that can kind of take some not, you know.
1: He was a good bit of business that Chukwomecha. They yeah, he, they didn't they got him 17. from Villa. I th- yeah, I think they got him young from Villa and you didn't see him for a year. And He's come on and played bit parts this season. And I remember watching him at Villa thinking he he'd be worth a shout for us. He'd be yeah. worth a punt to because he, and he it.
0: ran the game oh. when we played Villa in the FA youth cup final, I think, didn't he? Yeah. And they
1: really bounced
0: really us. Yeah, he looked like a man playing amongst boys that game.
1: Yeah. Um and in fairness, he got the run on Harvey Elliott. And once he got the run on Harvey Elliott, he wasn't getting stopped. Christopher Nkunku is Ideally, I think a ten, a second striker. Uh, but he's got great footwork, and I don't think he'll be at Chelsea long. I think he's going yeah. to. Be, I think he's going to be doing his best to try to get a move out of there because he should be playing at a club where he's winning silverware. Um, he's got lovely feet. He's got a great eye for a goal. Um, it was a really, really smart finish. It was a really smart bit of play, a smart forward play. It was a really well taken goal. I don't think the defenders could have got anywhere near him, to be honest. That's the truth. I I think he shifted the ball and manipulated it into such a way that he created the space for himself and it was it was just a really, really good goal. Yeah.
2: Um, it, it, I think the it, only thing
1: that you could be nitpicking about is Harvey Elliott allowing the run off him in the first place. But he'd only been on the pitch like two minutes. Yeah. You know, you can't say he was up to the up to the pace of the game. So that's about so the it's, only it's get it's out. Critical.
2: It's the risk of of doing like that many subs, isn't
1: it? Yeah, exactly. You know? It usually comes from set pieces, actually. You know, when you concede this, <laughs> yeah. your first set piece, who am I picking up? Who am I picking up? And you end up conceding a silly one. Yeah. But no, uh, look, credit-wise, due. it was a good our, goal.
0: Our mate Chris Golden here saw the same thing I did on the replay, is uh, that Nkunku stayed very calm, and he sold them twice, and then a lovely strike, <laughs> and he did, and it was beautiful. It was that controlling the ball where he was and having the presence of mind to first fake a pass And then fake a shot, which sold Virgil and then tucking the ball in like that's that's a tidy, tidy little uh, little piece of forward work there by Nkumbu. But yeah, then shortly thereafter, the the second Chelsea penalty shout, which I think we all agree isn't really a penalty, but, you know, had Tierney given it, it would have been one of those. Then Darwin Nunes hits the bar again because, of course, he does. And then somewhere in the fray, there, Ibu Kanate got a yellow card. I'm not entirely sure. Did anybody see what Ibu got a yellow card for?
2: I think he just caught a thousand behind on when they're mm-hmm. trying to do a yeah. breakaway. It was yeah.
1: it was a it was a, a standard.
2: It's a standard yellow, but it was a, it's a sort of a like yellow. You love your centre half get, which is like just just yeah. kill a breakaway. Uh, yeah, D- Darwin's a bit unlucky. You know, he gets enough on it. I think if you look, it's one of those ones. Actually, if he misheads it. He probably go with it. You know, it's just one of those games, but yeah. Um, but listen, he does really well for the uh, the Diaz goal. Actually, to be fair, Gakpo's but very good in the build up as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's Darwin Nunes is often maligned for being the most offside player in the entire world. He was not offside this time. That is a perfectly arced forwards run that completely broke their back line, and then Thiago Silva had a step on him. I don't know if he slipped a little bit or just Darwin was too strong for him. Push, you know, shoves him out of the way, kind of reminiscent of who is it, Stones and Firmino at the Eddie Had, mm-hmm. where it's just, I, I, I want the ball more than you. Boom, get out of the way. I Lovely think what,
2: ball. I think what helped Darwin or helped Darwin do silver was he generally, when he's he's there on, on the left, he's cutting on his right foot. And we all know that's what he likes to do. But there's a couple of times today where he just took the ball and went, I was going to go on my right. You know, I, put, I put a decent ball in when you get into that regular it generally the defense has got I have no idea which way he's going to go It, you know me and Kevin said this before like, everyone knows both sides are going to cut it to his left doesn't mean you can stop him yeah. but if you have someone who constantly goes both sides you're just like oh give up especially at that pace and they're probably too scared to touch him because they're going to touch him this is another pen and you know this is more current for us so and yeah. listen poke to go from Diaz you know he probably should get more of them because he is quite good at getting into that sort of position.
1: It was yeah. telling that he was on the right wing at this stage because after the substitutions, Gatpo went straight out onto the left. Diaz came out onto the right and he was getting involved more from the right. Than, and I thought he had a good game off the left, but I thought he looked more threatening when he was on the right.
2: Yeah. He just looked and... like
1: he was more dangerous and more involved. Yeah. You know, when he was playing out on the left, he was really, really out on you know, chalk on the boots, out on the wing. And more often than not, he was trying to cut back in onto his right foot and either get a shot off, or sometimes he'd go on his left and put a cross in. But sure, it's the one thing that – it's the only strength that Chelsea had, and I never thought we would score from a set piece tonight. You have three big lumps, and Thiago Mm. is one of the best players at reading the ball in the air that you're going to see. So – the fact that I thought, well, I just thought that when he moved out into the right, it was just like, yeah, okay, I'll have a go at you from here, and he got he's just rewards because his performance was very, very good.
2: Yeah, just 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 think he moved to the right because Bradley went off because Bradley was natural width. A la yeah. Andy Robertson was Trent. We want to invert. Whereas first half we're happy for Gomez to invert. So it's probably just a little bit. He, also, he yeah. just gives you he's pretty good at both wings as well, which is always handy, and. Exactly. That could be interesting when we play Arsenal because um, uh, Zinchenko likes to invert. So do you That's when, do, you start at, do you start a Diaz and a Bradley on the right-hand side and say to both of them, just stay wide and make him go wide? And if he doesn't want to and he wants to leave that gap open, good luck and just let Diaz do his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: uh, McGlinchey here pointing out the run by Diaz to beat the Zassi to the ball is determination. Glad to see Lucho getting more goals. We need more from him at the moment. And Christmas Eve echoes that, saying uh, center half was useless for the Diaz goal. And he, he yeah. really was. If, if that's your defender, you know, if we're letting in that goal, we are furious at whichever defender is ball watching like that. Because you had all the space all the time. Just go make it yours. Put it out for a corner. Whatever you got to do. Do not just let him sneak in behind you and and absolutely steal that ball from you. Then uh we get a nice, you know, now that it's 4-1, there's about 10 minutes left in the game. We get to take off Curtis Jones who I thought ran his absolute bollocks off the whole yeah. game. I would love to see the distance covered uh stats from this game because I got a feeling that our midfielders put in a hell of a shift today and also Luis Diaz and Darwin Nunes did a lot of really good work getting back. Jota too as well. Bobby Clark gets to come on though and that's always good. Uh that's when they passed along the statistic that since records have been kept on number of posts hit, this is the first time that somebody's hit the post oh. in the game four times, which is great, great work, Darwin. Great work, Darwin. And then in the 85th minute. I mean, to be uh, fair to
2: two of them good saves.
0: Yeah. The yeah, penalty for one I mean, that
2: we all talk about. Yeah, two of them good saves. Defense. This way, he's also got a bit of lack of luck as well, to be fair yeah. to
0: him. 85th minute, the final change of the day. Cassidy comes on for, and I swear to God, he did play Cole Palmer. That was out of a team full of rank anonymous players today because not one of their players really besides Petrovic showed up to play in this match. He was completely invisible.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, at the end of the day, he's getting rave reviews for for some of his performances this season. And um, some of his performances have been fine for a young for a young kid, but he, he's too much has been asked of him. You know, the, he's you're, he's not a striker first and foremost. Secondly, when he's coming to try to get the ball almost off his centre back to just to get on the ball, it goes to show how wrecked their heads were at this stage. You know, I, I think he's a really really good player. You know, and I, I definitely think that Chelsea got him. For a really good price, I also think he sniffs himself a lot. Mm. You know, I I think his ego needs to be checked, and the manager needs to get into his head, and mm. he needs to be. I, I think he probably, for his sake, he needs to come out of that side for a while and sit mm. and watch a few games. And but yeah, you know, he changes like, like you look at what we did with Harvey. It's Harvey was ne- never had that a- that kind of attitude where he felt entitled, but mm. he was dropped in and out and now we're re- seeing the rewards for it. He shouldn't be playing this le- this amount of football in that kind of a side, especially not playing up top. No way on earth.
2: I saw James's point saying there's a reason City let him go. I don't think it's a football reason they let it go. I no, think, I it's, think a, it's an economic reason. It, it's a PSR reason because 50 million, pure profit, balances the books, plays the game. That's why you sell academy players, because PSR, FFP, whatever you want to talk about, it's the, perfect way. it's the perfect way of just writing something off, which is yeah. why Everton fans are all like this. But if they really want to get out of PSR trouble, which they're probably going to be in again next season, if they sold the Brandthwaite to United for 60 mil, which you don't want to do, but they did, solve all the problems. It's just a, it's whether you're willing to do it. City can afford to lose the odd gem like that.
0: But the flip side of that is this comment I saved here from Brian O'Halloran from earlier in the show that says patience pays off. Look at Bradley, Gomez, Kwanzaa, Jones, and Elliott. Now look at what Chelsea have spent a billion pounds on. Idiots. And it's it's something that I said that after the Norwich match was like, you don't want to have to be in a situation where you have to sell the mm. Connor Bradleys or the Jarrell Kwanza's coming out of your academy. You want those players creating that pipeline of moving up through the academy. And if you prove yourself, you're good enough. And not all of them are going to make it. You know, not all of them are going to make it. If you have a Cade Gordon and a Ben Doak, They both play kind of the same position. It's gonna be a shootout between the two of them. One of them will get their chance at Liverpool and the other one will get sold on for a tidy, tidy little profit. I mean, Chris, I would say about the only only downside of the game, 86 minute Alexis McAllister goes down hurt. Yeah,
2: it was a it was a knee on knee, wasn't it? It was just yeah, fingers crossed, it's it's more of a dead leg and a bit of a sore one. So is it like probably be sore tomorrow morning, but you'd like to think he's probably okay. I mean, he went he went back on and played on, so you'd like to think.
1: I think the best ball, thing that happened to him yeah. was actually coming back on and have it and running it off. Because I think the, if he still, just if he'd have went and sat down, that could have seized up on him. Uh, but the fact that he come back onto the pitch and he had a bit of a run on it, I think that'll stand him the world of good tomorrow. Probably
2: a bit like the Henderson one, you know, in the Basel four 0 It's a very similar knee on knee early on, and they just had just kept him moving. He said he was he said his, his knee was buggered the next day. But I think some of those ones were hopefully it's just a sore one for a couple of days. But he should be fine for um Arsenal. But obviously, you yeah, hope so because he's in brilliant form mm-hmm. yeah, and Endo's not, gonna be well. be back for, Endo's not going to be back for another two three weeks yet, yeah, because yeah. Japan can yeah. it.
0: Yeah, there there, there had to be some sort of whatever the opposite of a silver lining is because the rest of that cloud was pretty damn good today. Uh, I'm going to run through my uh, favorite part of all these shows, courtesy of Ashley L. Uh, before we get to the quote, she did have a fantastic stat for us. Before tonight's game, Darwin already registered as the highest post hit rate of 0.36 times per game. Only Suarez got to 10 posts hit faster in his career than Darwin, 37 games versus 42 games. So those Uruguayans really have something about hitting Premier League posts. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, first quotes uh, Curtis Jones, uh, it's been the first time I've come into the team and I'm playing free. I am happy. He goes on to say, it was very close to a complete performance. We knew it would be a hard game. They have individuals who can score goals and assists. We stopped that. And I, Kev, he's made himself. A first name on the team sheet type of guy for this team. It goes back to Brian O'Halloran's comment that I just mentioned there about having patience with these players. Curtis Jones, a year ago, 50-50, the fan base on Curtis Jones?
1: Oh, God, no. It wasn't even that close. It was it was 70-30 selling. You know, what does he offer? You know, he's only in the team because he's Scouser. Mm-hmm. He's only in the team because he's English. I mean, at the end of the day... <laughs> If you if you watched him playing for I watched him a lot playing for England under 21s and the role that he was being that Lee Carsley was using him with the under-21s as a central midfielder. And I watched him playing against players in his peer range, in his age range, and he was outstanding. And then he comes back to Liverpool and you're watching him and he's like, You're not picking it up. But he's not being he wasn't being asked to do the same thing. It's um it's, it's a triumph for the academy. It's a triumph for the process. And it's a lesson to the fan base who, all of us, who want the lovely the lovely silk purse, who, who want the, the lovely signing, look at what you actually have and what you've got coming rather than having to go out and buy everything. Klopp has always said it. the trans The transfer window doesn't, the transfer market doesn't solve everything. You have to buy players, yes, but you can't block pathways to the first team, especially the ones you believe in. and they've obviously believed in Curtis Jones because they they had multiple opportunities to buy in players that would have froze him out and ended up being selling him to the Aston Villa for to Aston Villa for forty million. do you remember? yeah mm. I think he's an yeah. outstanding talented footballer I, and he's only starting his career really. He's really only starting his career. I think he's, he's only also- going to get better.
0: So I was just gonna say it it, it. it takes you, and it's like you're reading my mind, Kevin. It's such a perfect segue. Well done. Uh, the final quote from Jones says, "With the likes of Connor, he can come in the team and express himself and show how good he could be." Klopp used to call Jones in for chats and said, "Your time will come, and my time has come." And I that takes you on to the Connor Bradley. I mean, talking about Jurgen Klopp, he says it was a big shock. I definitely did see it coming myself. We have to try and win everything this season, but we take it game by game. But I, in response, Klopp says uh, about Connor Bradley for three years Pep Linders has been in my ear about Connor Bradley and an incredible boy. The crowd singing his name, just great. There are quite a few people that said we needed a right back for different reasons. We were very positive about Connor. I, Chris, this is the club functioning exactly how you would want it to function.
2: Yeah, it's it's the right balance of yes, you do still need to buy in quality, but. If you could also then use your academy to supplement that. It does stretch your budget more, especially if you're not backed by a, a state. Uh, I mean, go back to Jones, my criticism of Jones is always, and Kev knows this, was like, I can't trust him to stay fit for more than two games. That was always a criticism I had of him. It wasn't really an ability thing. It was more of a, a fitness thing. And he's found a way of growing pains, getting, getting through that. I also felt Curtis Jones in the COVID season onwards went through a journey where he went from being an attacking wide left player. We it almost felt like it was stifling to be defensive genie. And I think now, and I think it has to all players, the pennies dropped, which is, I can do defensive genie work, but I can still do glad with the ball, taking shots on, you know. And I think it's just like a penny's dropped, and I'm sure it is the likes of Klopp yeah. in his ear. And he, Joe, does hopefully admitted. He's not at the club anymore, but there's one fella who would never let him rest on his laurels and got him to kick his ass into gear. It's James Milner. Yeah. And that's when you know you've got the function. That's what senior players do. You know, for Elias, at the moment, it's Mo Salah. It's obvious Mo Salah is his mentor. Yeah, I think for Jones, his mentor was Milner, which is perfect for his game to, to develop the part of his game that he needed to improve on, which was more off the ball defensive stuff. Now, the balance is perfect. And the good thing for Jones is fitness-wise, I think this is the best I've seen for a while.
0: Yeah, Ever. and it, it, yeah, it really does show that what we were told were you know growing pains and you know the unfortunate eye injury that he picked up last year. Yeah, that, he had some bad ones, didn't he? Yeah, it like it's not necessarily a sign that a player is going to be injury prone. And now he's he's finding his feet in the team the shirt is unquestionably his as well too. And I mean, yeah, it's so here's, here's the Klopp quotes from Ashley again. Thank you, Ashley Klopp on what pleased him most tonight, the start, the middle part and the finish. That is a very, very good answer. Mr. Klopp. He also says the counter pressing was top. We had them in places. They didn't want to be the high press was really good. It is fair to say we could have scored one or two more. And then finally a great night. What an atmosphere. It was a screamer actually. And I'm, Chris, it feels like this is a prelude to what the final home games are going to be for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, it's 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 gonna be like a celebration and a party atmosphere. And it's the right way because it was we did have the Klopp song, which is around the 60, 70 minute mark, which I'm sure pissed Klopp off. He's <laughs> gonna have to get over that. But it's doing that when the game's almost it wasn't quite warm, but you know, pretty comfortable. Before that, it was cheering the team up so yeah listen that night games i don't worry about you know the, the crowd would be great for, for the Arsenal games it's i feel like to here but it's hard to get up when it's a three o'clock game it's Burnley. yeah you know what yeah. i mean you can't you can't have an amazing atmosphere every game it's a it's a myth that you can and people I think, we, I think we i
0: think we will though just because of the you'd, whole you'd like to, thing
2: you should do because people should trade for this because um you know, fingers crossed. I think hopefully I'm going to go to one. I'm, I'm getting tickets. Hopefully, for one of the games at the end of the near the end of the season, not the last game, unfortunately. But you know, because I want to see one more game with Jurgen Klopp in charge. Because I think they were saying on commentary, and I think this sometimes has people need to put this into context: is if we win two trophies this year, just say it's a bit, it's still that's no, still a big if. But if we do, Klopp would then be have the second most trophies with only Bob Paisley ahead of him. That's kind of the era we've lived in under Jurgen Klopp. When you put it in the context of all the managers and all the great managers we've had, he's two trophies away from being second all time in trophies for Liverpool—that's ridiculous, you know. And I think sometimes we could also we should have had more, we should have this, but that's still a, a brilliant period. I think people sort of get a bit disillusioned by it because of what another team has done. But the man, the man's brilliant. So you just enjoy this while we have, while we can.
0: Yeah, I, I that does remind me, you mentioned Klopp's song. They were singing it in the injury time in the second half. And Jim Beglin, you know, Liverpool legend or near to it, legend adjacent. As the crowd sounds fantastic, as they did the whole night, are singing Klopp's song. Jim Beglin says one of the stupidest things ever, which is, Hearing how good this sounds might be enough to make Jurgen Klopp change his mind. And I just yelled, fuck you, Jim Beglin, at the TV. <laughs> like, he couldn't have been any more unequivocal yeah. in, in the fact that there's nothing that's going to change his mind. Uh, stupid dog. Uh, Man, of the match is ob- Man of the match is obviously going to be Connor Bradley, but uh, let's get an honorable mention, Kev. Uh,
1: Diogo Jota. Um, I saw he, he was. He led the line from the front with the press. His organization of the counter press was, was outstanding. He was just everywhere. He was really, really good. Um, really impressed. And he's, he's showing how important he is to the side. He, he gets all kinds of goals. He, had, he was unlucky as well in the first half. He had a header that he kind of couldn't twist his neck around the right way to get it on target. But He's he's a proper forward. I love I love the ball to the man. I think he's brilliant.
0: Yeah, and uh, of course another goal, and he's in fine yeah. scoring form with Arsenal on he's the just, horizon. So
1: yeah, he's just <laughs> chipping away at these goals, isn't he? He's just oh, Jota scored again. Oh, your goal. You yeah, know,
0: exactly. It's... Yeah, Gary Boland agreed. Jota was great, and he loves Arsenal. Up next, Chris, uh, who did yeah. who did you like?
2: Uh, well, I'll see, Bradley is the right answer, but uh, I'll go. For Honorable mention, McAllister. Thought yes. he was excellent. Yeah, I thought nice. oh, I thought a lot of the as a base, defensively he was brilliant and his, his passing was ridiculous tonight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he uh, he played some absolutely sublime balls. Again, it'll be it'll be interesting tomorrow or later on this evening because it's not quite as late for me here as it is for you guys over there. Just some of the stats that are gonna come out after this game of seeing how many ball recoveries players like Alexis McAllister and Diogo Jada had, you know, the 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 dual success rate and stuff like that, because it just felt that we won.
1: Absolutely
0: everything that could be done. Uh, I was oh, also going to go with McAllister, but I'm I'm going to give it to Darwin Nunes because why the hell yeah. not? I why the hell not? It's, it yeah. was also a
2: Klopp's 200th Premier League victory. Yeah, making it look easy. It's Fastest look
1: manager up. to 200 wins in top flight football.
0: Well, there you go. He's gonna he's gonna top out at two one six. I'm telling you that right now. Ninety nine points. Ninety nine points. It's gonna end up being. Uh, most important thing though, to come out of today is the fact that we are still raising money for our two charity partners. So, uh, if you're a regular to the show, you, you know, the deal, the description is going to be in the link, whether it's on YouTube or on a podcast afterwards. If you're just checking into the talking cop for the first time ever, or the first time in a long time, our two sponsors that we're working with are fan supporting food bank out of Liverpool, which is a pretty well-known Uh, organization that the fans kind of do on match days for both the Reds and the Blues in Liverpool. It's a food bank initiative. We're trying to raise money for them. The Lighthouse is a cafe in Dublin that provides hot meals and a place to get inside and out of the elements for people that are down on their luck living out on the street in uh, Dublin city center area. So we're set a target of 10,000 euros we're trying to raise. We're going to split whatever we raise right down the middle for those two right there. So we're going to keep on pushing that. If you can donate, that would be absolutely fantastic because you know it's going to a good cause. If you can't just take the link, whether it's from the social medias of the Talking Cop channel or from the show descriptions and podcast or YouTube, throw it into your social media, put it into your WhatsApp groups, share it along, and the fives and the tens will just keep us ticking over and getting us there. Please hit the like button if you're listening along to us today. Again, give us a little rating on your podcast app afterwards. I think we're doing an okay, okay job. Uh... But other than that, gentlemen, uh, Kev, you got any final things before we get out of here?
1: Uh, no. Uh, last day at the transfer window, I think. Oh, yeah. Is it, is it today? Tomorrow? today? <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow? Tomorrow. I forgot. It. I forgot it was tomorrow. Off. <laughs> um, look, at the end of the day, um, isn't it nice to go through a January? I don't think we did a single transfer show. I don't think there was any comments in any of the shows. That we need to sign X, Y, and Z or our season is doomed and we'll just burn the place down and sack everybody. It goes to show how strong a squad we have and um how we're geared for this you know, this final push. We're we're in a really good spot. Um don't take these this for granted these kind of nights for granted. Beating Chelsea four one at any time. Doesn't happen often. I don't care what kind of Chelsea you know side they put out. Chelsea, in the last twenty years, are a strong side, and usually, given the games that we've played against them over the last few years, they've been a tough nut to crack. So, the fact that we rattled four and it could we could have doubled doubled that is a monumental performance. Uh, I just can't wait to go back and watch watch it again. You know, because I really want to enjoy that. Yeah. Great Gavin, Gavin and
0: I did do one transfer show, and it was whether we thought Liverpool needed to or would sign a center half. And then it became obvious that it the answer is probably no to both of them. But Tom Boland with the best transfer news out of all the transfer news, which is that Knott's Forest have signed Gio Reyna, so it's time for mom watch. Uh the the Premier League hasn't had a character like this probably since what Pogba's mom was a bit of a head case so it's always good to have one of those. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, Chris, Rab- Rabi's mom's a head
2: case as well. Isn't oh you? yes, that's that's
1: Yeah, Rabi's Rabbios old one is a right a right loon. She's a right if United.
2: loon. But but Mbappe's mom loves us, so you know yeah. every cloud there's there's still
0: time in the window kevin ball says should have enough time to get Mbappe done yeah it's the the final 24
2: hours that are there uh chris uh, what else from you uh women's show going live uh tomorrow at midday so that'll be me neil atkinson from the alpha rap and emma sanders from the beep uh so we're just going to do a bit of a half season review talk a bit about transfers talk a bit about wsl and what we think is going to happen going forward and just a little bit of a preview of the rest of the season so women are doing okay they've currently they've lost the last two but they're currently sat fifth you know second season they're sort of at the moment best of the rest which based on what we were thinking going into the season we were kind of hoping to be sort of like mid-table so where we are at the moment is actually doing really well so steps in the right direction so check it out it'll be out on YouTube and at mid at midday it'll be downloadable as well for everyone so
0: yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. It's, there's a couple heavy hitters there in terms of Emma and Neil Atkinson. That's these are, these are good people at this, uh, at this whole podcasting game. Those two are in the top, top echelon. So check that out. And the women's shows are always good, but I think that's just about enough from us for another night. Cause it's getting 20 minutes to midnight for you guys over there. That is late, but what wasn't late was Liverpool showing up to put the absolute shoes to Chelsea football club at Anfield today It finished Liverpool 4, Chelsea 1. It was an absolutely dominating performance from the Reds. Hit the like button on your way out. Thanks very much. See you next game. Sports Social Podcast Network.